It's episode 143 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting in the American Bank Center with Courtney Richter. She's an audiovisual technician here at the ABC, and I am blown away by what you get to see every day when you come to work outside and inside. Holy shit. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you, like I said, coming to sit here with me at my booth and hang out just a little bit and have a conversation because, yeah, um, what I do in uh, in events or in town or in you know my my world the world is is like a very sp- particular specialized little yes. niche area and even though I do a bunch of different things in that area it's usually it's meant to stay behind the scenes it's meant to stay in the dark and in wearing black and unseen by others <laughs> and so I'm okay with that on the most for the most part but um. Uh, on the whole, it is nice to ever have conversations where you get to see those people, promote them, yes. find a way to inspire other people who want to do the same thing yes. and bring them into the fold because that's all that it's about is just, you know, continuing the movement, the keeping the momentum going. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And yes, like you said, you're typically behind the scenes. And it's so important to me that people recognize that any sort of production or show or anything, I think a lot of people know, but it's easy to, to kind of forget because you're so caught up in what's actually happening that all of the work that goes into giving you a badass, you know, uh, experience. That's it. If we say if we've done our jobs right, you're not thinking about us. Mm-hmm. If, like if um, if you're thinking about how, you know, loud or quiet the actor's mic is, I'm not doing my job right. Mm-hmm. If, um, if you're thinking about how well you can see the actor in the dark versus how, you know, how much more you could see them, something like that, it, then I'm not doing my job right. That's where we're, you know, we, we want to stay unseen and let you enjoy the content that's being produced and things like that. And so um, when you step behind the scenes, you wind up ruining the show for yourself at every turn. You know, you can't walk <laughs> into a movie or a play or God, I'd go to an event, anything without looking behind the scenes and trying to peek behind the curtain. But that's okay because it just gives you, you know, more respect and keeps you more in awe of the whole tradition and, you know, effort in total. So, yeah, yeah. Truly, yeah. I mean, and you are all over the place. Like, you did sound for Outrageous recently. I did. We did, right? I did sound and, well, I mean, I didn't do sound, actually. That's Mm -hmm. even better because we got to hire this awesome, this company from San Antonio that we work with regularly who ran the sound for that. But I was basically directing the camera work okay that's that what it was it was really cool yeah uh, so we, we were able to step into outrageous because next door our the art museum has that year, awesome yearly event that i've always been a huge fan of mm-hmm. because i always love the aesthetic that they choose for it they, always they big do a and great bold job every time it's so cool it's one of the best um, fundraisers i think in the city and so whenever they did this one and they were you know really looking to you know it was one of those things where it was going to be an outdoor show it was going to be a drag show i was immediately very taken by that whole idea and thought it was awesome and um, the, actually, there had been some art museum, you know, directors, something like that, who had managers who had seen um, the a, a concert that we had done in what we're calling what we've t- dubbed Water Garden Park, that okay. space out there. Um, whenever there wasn't anything going on during COVID, the you know. Uh, the former GM of the American Bank Center, this guy named Matt Blazy, um, he just, you know, he looked out there and was was trying to make content. And mm-hmm. so the American Bank Center on the inside started doing some different things to make content because usually we have clients who come in, right. rent the space, bring their content, and that's what we're promoting. But um, became like an internal effort to make some make some content. And so one of those things was to promote this new space that we had outdoors wow. that was really just space that's unused by other places and is in our back backyard it's accessible to everybody in Corpus and all of our neighbors for sure in the Water Garden Park and so we you know they called it Water Garden Park they um, booked Aaron Lewis to do a show out there I remember this mm-hmm. it was it was a pretty good show um you know I doubts about the person him, them, <laughs> themselves and his, their views but uh, you know the show itself um we put a camera on him and we threw it on the side of the Selena Auditorium. And so we were able to do a live shot, you know, with our camera work and our video director at the time did that with us. And then we had Outrageous come to us and be like, hey, can you do that same thing? And we were like, absolutely. And especially with a drag show, something that wasn't, you know, Aaron Lewis just like never, you know, he's like a guy who I've seen him in concert when he was with Stain. Yes, he so just, same. Yes, he just hangs out on that bar stool. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> that's where he plans yeah. himself, hangs out on that bar stool. I was very disappointed, like 15 or 16 year old, whenever <laughs> I saw that show. I was like, all right, that's a, that's a rock show choice. Um, 
but this time it was good because it was just one camera. We're just going to get Aaron Lewis's reactions the whole time. Yeah. Whenever Moonar rages, exactly. <laughs> uh, we wanted to do a whole lot more. And so we got, you know, like four cameras involved. We, it was, I think we had three cameras out there. And we, yeah, put them in all these different spaces. And, and that was actually, that um, was actually a really cool episode in a couple of ways because it was adventuring with the art museum which is always cool i want to do more things with our neighbors yes, right here yes um, you heard it, it you heard it here please and thank you all of our fun <laughs> neighbors in the water garden park all of the downtown area like if you're downtown and we're do, you're doing events the american bank center wants to do events with you you know that's mm-hmm. that's the way we feel about it um and i and i can genuinely say that from being on the inside of anything yes. now um so that was actually also the second the first uh, venture that I had with my new video director that I'm super excited about. He's a guy named David Rains. Okay. He is the um, instructor of audiovisual, an audiovisual program that happens at Gregory Portland ISD. Oh, wow. And so we have, yeah, I'm, I mean, like, I'm talking about it a little bit prematurely, but it's okay because we're in talks right now to do everything we can with that ISD. He mm-hmm. has a very advanced program. He's had... Uh, students that have gone on to go into all kinds of different parts of production and are all around the country right now because he just is a very passionate person he is a cc7d filmmaker he's very good made films in like almost every cc7d up until i think this past year uh just because he traveled for Mm -hmm. it or something and so he's one of those longtime um film heads in the local scene and things like that and he's a great guy and that's where i knew him was from Mm cc7d and I was able to reach out to him because he was this instructor and we've kind of formulated the beginnings of like a program with young technicians. Okay, I'm so, so glad you brought this up because you mentioned this like kind of briefly on social media, but it yeah. wasn't a post. It was like in a story. It was just And I was story. like, I'm going to remember this for the interview and then I forgot. Yeah. But, okay, no, tell me great. more about this because this sounds badass. So exciting. It is so incredibly exciting. So uh, GPISD is a really renowned school. They've got a great program. Mm-hmm. David has run a really good program. He's made such a great program that they actually have a... Uh, they call it GPTV, Gregory Portland TV is there, you know, and they run the, you know, local, the morning announcements. They cover all the sports. How they cool cover is that? They'll cover like the one act play. Yeah, like They'll all do, the little clubs. Yes. I say little, the and, uh, yeah. events. And with GP, they're like, you know, they're an extended school, I feel like. They've got, they've got some, you know, room to move over there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so, yeah, he's taken advantage of that. And they, whenever Corona hit, they live streamed all of their sports and they went into a full you know broadcast production mode and because he has such a good program they were able to take that and run with it and it was one of those things where it's like even just during that period uh, you know I'm sure that his school will give him a run for his money because yeah they're really stretching his legs over there Mm -hmm. and then I kind of tapped him and was like (laughs) hey I need help like I just you know they're there I have this whole space to fill and I have uh, hockey games and I have basketball games and a bunch of other things that have to be covered and so um, I've teamed up with David and it looks like we have this the beginnings again of this program where he can get his most advanced students to we're, we're trying to get it so that it's actually in like almost intern yes. school hours yes. basically so that they come over here and they're spending their most advanced years getting hours running camera for our events here uh, yeah i mean that's the kind of, i mean i'm th- whenever you talk to me about uh high school kids or, or school age kids i'm immediately thinking like resume colleges whatever and like all that kind of experience exactly priceless exactly it's one of those uh. things where it's like i i'm so excited to do it because they're actually some of the most they're they're so well trained outrageous was one of the first things and then the last of our i think we did a graduation with them and then since then we've kind of picked them up for everything that we could since then and it's been really good it's only been positive and every time you know he's got so many different kids that he can kind of loop them through and have it this is I you know want to meet introduce this person and this person and this person and then we bring them back because this person is really good at doing this yes you know this uh this whole new avenue that we've just now opened up that we're super excited about and on the on the inside here we got we we became very excited because we wanted to team up with a video vin you know we were looking for you know I I was looking for video talent and things like that Mm -hmm. and so I I have a lot of friends who do camera work that I reached out to and was like, hey, you don't do live broadcast work, but I do here now and we can get you in the door doing some camera work. And they're adults who yes. have experience doing it. And so if we can do the same thing for some young technicians that are, you know, bound and determined to get into studio television work 
oh my gosh, yeah, that gives them avenues that yes, I couldn't have um, have imagined at that age. So yeah, yeah, that is incredible. You just like blew my socks off. I'm so excited about it. Yes, I'm so excited about it. I, I give a lot of credit to David Rains. I've got to give a lot of credit right now to Lisa Manda, which is the the assistant general manager here because mm-hmm. she's behind me a lot and uh, my directors and things like that here. So yeah, I'm I'm a little bit new to what I'm doing here at ABC, mm-hmm. and they've given me a lot of confidence because I've, I've yeah it's just been one of those things where I've got a lot of excitement for what I do and I can show them look we can go in this avenue we can go in that avenue and uh, so far this one has only been really really good and so I'm just hoping that it can materialize in the way that it needs to it's just in the next few weeks we'll be having meetings and things like that so uh, I'm really excited to see where that goes I'm excited for you I'm also super stoked that you have um, like you said, directors and managers and that kind of thing that are in support of you and your ideas. That is huge uh, for anybody in a, in a workplace. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, I guess a little bit about me. I've come from yes. uh, theatrical. Tell me everything. Right. It's so it's a anno- it's an annoyingly storied. <laughs> I've I've been in Corpus for. Uh, this was my next question. It's yeah. like you're reading my mind. Yeah. Yeah. For, Carry on. I love it though. No, no. It's like it's the, that was exactly what we talked about. It's just the very natural progression yes. of the whole thing. Yes. Um, and questions that you and I would talk about on social media and I'd be like, oh, I wonder how much of this we would get into yep. when we're talking in person and things like that. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. It's perfect. Um, basically, I, I transplanted, um, I call myself a, a local transplant to Corpus Christi in that I came here whenever I was in the eighth grade and I've been here ever since. Mm-hmm. And so I, I uh, grew up with family that lived here, that family that lived on, you know, two blocks away from each other and went to St. James oh, and King wow. High School. And they, you know, they were like Corpus Christians through and through. Those are all my cousins and things like that that lived here. And so I grew up um, in summers on, you know, on Padre Island yes. and doing, you know, Memorial Coliseum ice rays games and just the whole thing, like anything that was very cor- Bayfest, you know what I mean? Did all those <laughs> things whenever I was a kid. That makes me so happy. Coming to Corpus was a part of life. And um, yeah, so uh, whenever I moved here, I, I did not think that I would stay, but I did. I didn't do very much whenever I was in high school. I went to Flower Bluff High School mm-hmm. and I stayed a very uninvolved kid through all of my high school <laughs> Not career. even in theater? No, not even wow. in theater. And, and they have an amazing theater program. Okay, see, I didn't know that. Have a really, they. I mean, I just can remember at the time they had just gotten the building, and Pam Pales was running the program, who is now an administrator at FBISD, but is a really, really good was a really good theater teacher, mm-hmm. and she was running their program. And my current girlfriend, she took classes with her. I just took like basic theater classes, like yeah. I just did to meet the requirement, exactly bare minimum as a as a kid in high school. <laughs> and then when I went to Del Mar. My current girlfriend has been good friends with me. We've been good friends since we were in freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. And, um, she like basically like pulled me to the production, like the tech office and was like, she volunteers for a production at Del Mar drama. And I, I was like laughing at her because I was saying she was telling me that she was a theater major. And I told her that didn't count. (laughs) I I can't even, I'll actually get in trouble. (laughs) You you found the error of your ways (laughs) for sure. Yeah. I was, I was making fun of her because it was like, that's just, that's just fun. Like, you're not even that's not re, you know oh I, that kind of stuff was totally absolutely. Uh, said to anybody absolutely yeah when i was in high school too, which is not true don't yes, believe it don't believe it you want to you want to think that you go take a movement class for four hours and think about you know being a slug and yes anyway it just becomes those things where it's like yeah it's, it's actually more work than you think it is it's mm-hmm. just something whatever you decide to commit to and exactly. so exactly uh yeah um she basically pulled me to my tech, the tech di- technical director's name's Craig Brashears, and he was my mentor in college, and he became my mentor in college, wow. and literally she volunteered me and was like, she wants to do this. She was the catalyst. Yes, yes, and I, I give her full credit for it because That's it was badass. It was like a touring show, like they, you know, did it in three different places, so they had to pick it up and tour it, and it was like a little mini, t- you know, for a college show. Um, and they put me behind the soundboard, and I remember as soon as they put me into the space, and it was like they were letting, I was like, are you sure you want me to, to let me touch this stuff? Like, this is the coolest stuff in the room. 
like, are you sure? And it became that I fell in love with it immediately. Diana was running lighting. I was running sound. I was more impressed with what she was doing with lighting. And so I got into lighting very quickly after that. But yeah, I, I took to it like a fish to water and I just, you know, started living in the theater department and wow. moved really quickly into working in the shop and, um, uh, started stage managing. Actually, she and I were just talking about that because the second thing that I did after that was an improv show really? and they made us all be in the improv show. And that was me being like, that was the, that was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And I can still say it's one of the hardest things I I've ever done. For sure. Okay. So when you said you had to be in the show, you mean you had to participate? We had to audition and be a part of the improv troupe. And the improv troupe was led by some people who had graduated from Second City in L.A. Whoa! Yeah, no. So I the was, standard was high as hell. I was just not right. I was like, "This is the that's the coolest thing that I can think of doing is is improv, and the hardest thing that I can think of doing, and the least thing that I want to be get shoved in front of a bunch of people. Oh God! And be told to do, and that's what happened. And it turned out well. Like it was one of those things where I learned to trust myself yes. and learn to give myself Ooh, more credit. That's than good. It, it worked out. But I I can do anything. Like Courtney, I can. That is fucking cool as hell. Yeah. Like there have been times that I've had to get out in the middle of this arena and bring somebody you know I'm, I'm not the one singing because I don't possess those talents but I'm bringing <laughs> them their microphone or I have to oh my god the things that I've done for actors on stage whenever I've had to run out and and like help a moment just try to aid a moment things yes, like that you yes. have to put yourself on the stage in front of the people like you have to make yourself feel dumb yeah and it was one of the first instances of being like just commit and just make yourself feel dumb like if, you, if you're not if you don't feel dumb you're not doing it right and oh go for it all the way and so yeah it was one of those things where it burst it like broke all the barriers for me and after that I could do anything and so it was like if you make me act I'll act because I've done that <laughs> and I was going to ask you that too actually because you know someone being behind the scenes and, and really excelling back there have you ever been on the other side yep. and it sounds like you have yep they, in the most challenging of ways yep. improv that was that was the first one where it was they were just like yeah um, every, everybody has to do it there isn't there was one person that we knew that was like a, a stage manager for it but th that wasn't even a real position within it you know what I mean that person yeah. didn't really do anything the whole thing was just about being in the troop and taking the leap and so when I after I'd taken the leap I could definitely look back at my damn professors and be like got it you're Shakespearean like you I like got it okay <laughs> like you can have it it's cool I have mad respect for you and what you do. I'll get out of your way, let you do your Shakespeare thing. Yes. I'll stand in the back and make you sound good and make <laughs> you look good. Like, that's what I want to do in this whole thing. This is what you want to do in this whole thing. It's kind of like a give and take to it all. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, after that, yeah, they definitely, they would cast me in things instead of make me the stage manager and things like that. And they'd be like, you have to, yeah, you have to act. You have to, yeah, you kind of have to. And so I, I played like the, um, the maid in um, Blythe Spirit, which was like, like a weird it's like the like sh like she like she did it you know what yeah. i mean like it's a whole like See, i'm not familiar no, with no no you shouldn't be it's fine <laughs> it's a no coward it's fine <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like um uh yeah i played some i played some good parts um and then i finally had to ask them to stop putting me in things yeah. and please just let me be behind the scenes where yeah. i want to be like, and they I, I did it your way now and they they obliged me. <laughs> they let me be behind the scenes, and they let me do all the things that I wanted to do. And so I got that to so cool. And uh, and I give that place a ton and ton of credit because it was again a place where they gave me. There were only four professors there. It's a small department. They used to have like fifteen or so. Like whenever I got there, there were like fifteen majors at a time or so. Maybe it's grown to like thirty or so. It's a wow. very small department. Wow. And so, by the way, for anybody listening who's interested in their education in the arts, Del Mar Drama is a nationally accredited program. It is accredited through the National Association of Schools of Theater and it's like there are like two other community colleges in the nation that have the same accreditation for theater that it has. I knew Del Mar was badass, but I didn't know yeah, to that degree. How they got that theater, the theater that they have is called the Finley Theater, and it's in the top two, per whenever it was built, it was in the top 2% of theaters in the nation as far as all the technical specs that were in the theater. Because my my tech director was so mad, he had worked, you know, he wanted to work for Disney kind of guy that wow. like, you know, he cared about the airflow in it so that we could use in it he cared about the sound quality so that you know this didn't bleed through to that like mm. it was it, it 
it's a really good facility and the whole reason is because it's a good program and so they were able to get that and so yeah I give those guys a lot of credit because they backed me up and they let me do uh, lighting and they let me assistant direct for things um, they let me write things for you know when we do student led wow. things and things like that like yeah they gave me they gave, let me be a set designer and a builder they let me lead crews yeah so you've done a little bit of everything yeah yeah that place really made me spoiled for choice because mm. after I left there it was very much me having a conversation with my professor and being like you have to choose one and it was like <laughs> I don't want to do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. can't there be like a general I want to do what you do which is all the things yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's I guess a little bit of the position I've put myself in here so I'm, I'm I'm happier now than I have been in a little while yeah but it's for that because it's uh in theater you wind up specializing in something very highly and so one person is not just a lighting designer but they're a lighting programmer you know what I mean who just program the lights that the designer creates or a sound engineer who's just tweaking the sound Mm -hmm. that's been picked and you know you know by other people and so yeah it becomes those things where you're just playing whatever part you can play in a technical spec a lot of the times on a on a really big level you just play one little piece of the part and so uh yeah, it's like a good and bad thing because my professors, again, had to leave Corpus and I never chose to leave Corpus. Uh. I, I chose to stay here and continually from from uh, Del Mar. I got an opportunity at the Harbor Playhouse. And yes. That was to be an assistant technical director. Yes. And so I got to do all the things. Yeah, I, I found your uh, like a, a clip of you talking about Carrie, the musical. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, from the cool. Caller Times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one was. Yeah, that that's actually one of the pieces I'm most proud of of anything that I've done is Carrie, the musical, for sure. I, I, I did. I did go to see it. I, I, I haven't. Really? Yes, I haven't gone to the Harbor Playhouse as much as I would have liked to, even now. Um, but I made it a point to go see Carrie the Musical. Whoa! Yeah. Oh my God, I'm a little flattered yeah, right now. Yeah, it was you. really good. Wow! Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. It was. It was one of those where you know I have I have some some creative friends, Heidi Havda, some people who yes. know me and shout out Heidi. Uh, shout out to <laughs> Heidi. Um, who when they when they saw my work was like, well, that's that's your work. Like I can yep. see that. And and it was just those things where yeah, Carrie was one of the few things that I've been able to make that was able to actually you know a theater is very much like that it's a stab in the dark every time you're making so I want it to look like this I'm wanting I'm trying to paint these broad strokes and then it turns into this Picasso over here that you were like okay you know <laughs> I'm behind it uh, we're all doing it good job guys you know but Carrie turned out very well Carrie turned out into something that I couldn't have pictured it was one of those things where it it grew and morphed and things like that and so yeah it was great um that's one of the coolest I've, I've man I I hate talking about that because I hate that it's been so long since I've done it again mm-hmm. Because it was one of those that I was like, oh, no, I think I could do this more. This is a lot of fun to direct and take on the whole thing. Um, I really would like to, this is, again, where it's like, I would, I've always wanted to really do Rocky Horror at uh, the Aurora Arts Theater. And yes. I've been meaning to put in to direct it there for, like, a while. But I've not, Just haven't yet. Yeah, I just haven't yet. Okay, okay. I feel yeah. like your, your time is coming. And in 2018, I got to work for them for, for a good year as their lighting designer. And basically, that was where, yeah, I was able to move... After I worked for Harbor for a while, I was able to work for them for a little while, and it was very cool. But their the the scale of what they can do is just so much different that it's so much fun. Like it's yeah. just so insanely like it's such a challenge over there to do theater and at Aurora. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah at Aurora Arts Theater, which is you know a, a much smaller establishment mm-hmm. than Harbor Playhouse for anybody that didn't know. But yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like yeah, the differences in theater and the different challenges that you get. It's very cool. So, okay, so for someone who isn't super familiar with the jargon, so a technical director, is that the same as like what we think, or the layman thinks of as like a director? So a technical director, there, there's a bunch of different versions of that. I'm actually yeah. playing with titles right now, and so I get to find what that will ultimately land into, too. That because fun. Ha- it is. It's a little <laughs> bit fun. But, yeah, it's like trying to make the argument for a tech director. Because mm-hmm. in, in theater, yes. particularly, yeah, in theater, particularly, a technical director is the person who um, lays out, as far as the script is going, this is what should occur technically at that time to back that script up. Like, mm-hmm. whether it's the lighting changing to red with this oh. moment, or that's when the bucket falls on Carrie, or that's when, you know, we, you know, that that can, that can go... 
that can run ev- whenever you say technical director that can go into every category of it so whether it's the sound whether it's the set whether it's the lighting the costumes the special effects the props um and there's you know 50 other things that i'm not thinking about in that because yeah that's and so yeah basically a technical director will call all of that sit with the action or the director of the play the overall director and get with him to decide when and where technical things should happen and so yeah you're very much having fun with ooh, we can do this oh we can do that yeah you sound like you're a mastermind in the lab or something you know like just coming up with all these cool ideas and how can we execute this and it just sounds like a constant evolving of ideas and it, it just sounds like I mean, when you're collaborating with people that you work well with it sounds like magic. It is exactly that. I can definitely say that a little bit of being like a mad scientist with it is like the feeling that you're after. That's the feeling that I found. Like college, I've found for, you know, people will tell me all the time is like a is like a simulated perfect environment. You know, you'd never get college again. <laughs> it's in vitro. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's all the things like it should happen this mm-hmm. way. But when you go into real life, no, this doesn't work. And this person doesn't talk to that person. So that's not the way that that oh, process God. works. And so like everything. So in college it's like a perfect world and yeah that's kind of where I was at with that was I was able to find out how I wanted everything to be in this like perfect world yeah man I mean you because you were saying like yeah that mad scientist kind of vibe you know is what you what you strive for you know but like you're you just give off like seeing you talk (laughs) about it hearing you talk about it is like fire it's infectious like I love like, that. How do I how do I get involved? I, I'm not going to get involved, but like how, but at the moment, I'm like, how do I get involved? This no, looks I love so that. fun. Like, you just I mean, again, or just like a natural at it. But when it comes to directing, what did you experience any kind of like challenges that you weren't ready for when oh, directing yeah. shows? Oh yeah, yeah. There um, basically, whenever I was directing a show, I kind of. I kind of went at it from from a technical director. Like I, I feel like I, because I came from this other perspective, I didn't have as much focus on those moments between the actors. Mm-hmm. And so some of my actors were very surprised at me whenever I was letting them make choices. Oh. And I was just like, no, I want to, we're going to have a conversation and I'm going to see where this moment leads you as a person. And I want to talk about that and then just have Ooh. a conversation with them about it. And say, I love that. Say, say Carrie and her mom. Mm-hmm. That, it was much more the three of us having conversations as opposed to me telling them at this moment when you're saying this line this is what I need you to do feel think or act Mm -hmm. because it was way more to me about talking those people through what that part meant to them and what those moments would mean to them as an actor as a person and like let them interpret that and then it was like yeah no you guys are going to go away and I want to come back and see what you've done with it and that to them was a little bit yeah like I like you know there was a little bit of even frustration and things like that where it's like and I'm just trying and it becomes one of those things where it's like that's okay that's totally fine Mm -hmm. because there that's part of what you become an actor for you Mm want to be told exactly what somebody wants to see Mm -hmm. and then whenever it becomes a little bit of I'm I'm a fan of absurdist theater things like (laughs) Samuel Beckett and just weird stuff and so um uh, yeah, I was very much in the like. Let's let's explore this and see where it goes. Let's look at it organically and things like that. And let's have that. It's like I'm gonna make you go through more work than you thought. And so yeah, it became like, oh, okay, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. I think that, but that will definitely help them become more rounded as an actor. You it, know, because I mean, different directors. Because again, I, I'm not in the world of, of theater or anything, so I just assume all directors are kind of the same. Give me this, do it like this, whatever. And the fact that you kind of left it up to interpretation and like, let's explore this, I think is cool as hell. And I mean, it was one of those things where it, like that, those were those were very key moments. These other parts would be like, yeah, that's very specifically like, do this at that moment. Fun stuff. Yeah, that's how I felt about those big, yeah. much more meaty, more emotional times. We, as people, need to go through what this means to you, because you're going through this and reacting this very like dark and involved moment in front of a in front of a hundred people every night that's we the need, other thing yeah we need to talk about to me that was that was where I came from it at we need to talk about what this means to you what's going through your mind so that that can be translated to what the actors what the character is going through and yeah that's kind of more the way that I came came at it <laughs> so as a technical director at the Harbor Playhouse what was the first show that got put on and presented to 
an audience. The first show, so um, so basically when I went to the Harbor Playhouse, I got brought over there by the former technical director. It's a guy named Colin McKean. He asked me to come over there to work for him. And I was super excited to do that. And at the, and I, so I left my position as a staff member at, at Del Mar College mm-hmm. and went to the Harbor Playhouse. At the same time, Del Mar College realized what an incredible asset Colin McKean would be to their department. And they made a wonderful offer to Colin McKean to leave his job at the Harbor Playhouse and come and be a faculty member at. And Colin was, it was one of those things where he had a very young family. They had a very young son at the time. His family was, he has, you know, I watched his wife kind of do nights and nights and nights without him because she knew what mm-hmm. it meant for him to struggle for his art. And mm-hmm. so as soon as that opened up, they were, you know, like I felt like the whole community for, was excited for that guy because he got to have a job that gave him hours to go home and sleep and see his family. Yeah, absolutely. And so he and I kind of just switched jobs where it's like <laughs> I, instead of going over there to work for him, I just kind of went over there. That's too and funny. So, yeah, it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. And I was working with Josh Goldson, who's still working over there now. And he, we, so we weren't expecting to be the only two when that happened. And the last show that Colin put on over there was The Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, and okay. the first show that Josh and I completely helmed was Oliver. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so it was a very, a very, uh, like, depressing Christmas <laughs> move that they made. They switched from A Christmas Carol or from their, like, usual fare to mm-hmm. Oliver, which was, you know, about orphans. And <laughs> <laughs> please, sir, can I have some more? And it is, it's, like, a lot more depressing than than A uh, Christmas Carol. I feel like a lot of people can go that route during the holidays. Yeah, that was, it was one of those where we were like, okay you know we embraced it like totally like it was just a christmas thing and our whole community was like that's depressing and it was like oh okay no i get that i understand that entirely we were like that that's gotcha gotcha mm. keep it upbeat gotcha and so i don't think they've gone back to oliver yeah. since that production <laughs> well you want but, you don't know until you try right but exactly they they were meaning to do it forever and so they did it with us and that was the first one that he and i did was was oliver and then after that we did things like um willy wonka on the chocolate factory which sounds like that would be really challenging it was. It was a huge technical undergoing for the two. Yeah, and it became like for the for the just the two of us. And whenever I went over there, I mainly acted as the lighting designer. Mm-hmm. Basically, I helmed all of the shows for lighting and for things like Willy Wonka because it was that was what what I had been doing for the Harper Playhouse as a volunteer before then I was a stage manager so I I like bit off the worst that was that was the worst (laughs) choice that I've ever made was to be a stage manager and a lighting designer at the same time because I cannot see what my actors are doing as a lighting designer and also tell them to be in the right spot as a stage manager and so that was one of the things where it's like we'll never ever try to have those two (laughs) jobs at the same time but you made it happen it sounds like it it worked out it was a kids show it was you know um uh, yeah, it had like a very enthusiastic director and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it worked out really well. It was a very fun show. Um, the best show that I think I did over there, besides my, yeah, it's just me being really, really self, whatever, and saying Carrie was the best thing that I did over there. Was Chicago? We got to do Chicago. Wow! So that was they did one in like 2011, okay. and then they did one in. I never got to see that one. Yeah, Chicago was probably the best show that I did over there, and we did La Caja Faux. That was also very cool. Okay. Um, like the Birdcage, but the original one. Wow! Was the original play that the Birdcage is okay. based off of. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah, that one was great too. That one was big Miami club the, the, the huge feathers like oh the gorgeous gorgeous sequins incredible costumes like some really good stuff you know some really good content that I'd always really wanted to do and so yeah it was one of those where I was I was really happy to be at the Harbor Playhouse because it was just it was just theater you know just got mm-hmm. to do old school theater trying mm-hmm. to get people excited about a male and female version of the odd couple you know yep <laughs> it's like this is what we're doing <laughs> I mean it's just to be a part of something like that, and I mean, immediately out of school, right? Like you're all you're already doing, you know, living the dream essentially, doing yeah. what you want to do. Yeah, it's one of those things where I stayed in school a little later than I should have, and so I was because I loved it so much, and mm-hmm. so I was like, yeah, 22, 23, whenever I landed the job at Harbor, and I was yeah, very excited about it. It was it was incredible. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah. And so ultimately, you had to leave Harbor Playhouse. Yes. So yeah. what happened at that point? Well, that that's actually one of the only it's the only job I've ever been fired from. Okay. So it's you know fun, but not <laughs> you know doesn't not everything works out. Yes. And um, 
basically after that, I kind of was, I was a little bit stuck for a period. That that period was a little bit stuck for me. I went through a breakup at the same time. It wasn't fun. Ugh, um, no. And so, yeah, there became just, you know, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do a lot at that time. And actually, um, I had been working so regularly as like a, either a stage manager on things or... Um, uh, Heidi Hobdo was working as the film commissioner at that time, and mm-hmm. she w- knew I was capable and would kind yes. of one of those things where I could pick up jobs um, as a production assistant where for things that would come through and things like that. And so I got some fil- good film experience doing stuff like that. And it was just for you know commercials, things like that. I did a commercial on the Lexington that was How a cool uh, is yeah that, yeah that Courtney? one was really cool. Yeah, it was a wow. it was a Super Bowl commercial. It was a Blake Shelton um, um, wow. concert. But even that, I did the most boring thing, but I got paid really well for it so I was yeah, happy which was course. which was getting Blake Shelton's <laughs> liquor that's what I was in charge of was procuring and keeping taking care of Blake Shelton's that's an important liquor. job it was a really important job for him <laughs> that's yes, for sure it was, I would agree yep <laughs> I mean they had so, a special person specifically for specifically that specifically for it and yeah we and I was with I was with another filmmaker and we wanted to be on the camera crew but we got put on that crew and then we got paid better so we were like oh well you know okay okay we'll but it worked out Blake though Shelton's liquor that's cool and real quick <laughs> I have to say so whenever uh I first got to talk to Heidi and she was like, hey, I know people that you should talk to. You were on the list of names Aww. that I should talk to. Oh, that's yeah, so Yeah, and, and so anytime people do that to me, I'm like, okay, cool. I feel weird just reaching out to them, like, without, like, cold turkey, without, like, talking to them a little bit. So hopefully, like, I'll organically get to talk to her. And it just worked out. Yes. But you've always, like, been, like, in the back of my mind, like, don't forget, Heidi said to talk to Courtney. And here we are. I will talk about Heidi Hobda for a minute. She's, she's amazing. incredible. Yes. So, l- so lucky just to have her husband as a uh, professor. He yes. was one of those professors at Del Mar. His name is Carl Yowell. He's very serious. He's one of the most more th- serious of the acting professors. Just that that's his, that's his focus. Um, and he, you know, had done uh, professional theater as an actor in Chicago and things like that before he had come back to teach. So he was, wow. he was of a much more professional mindset than, mm-hmm. um, and brought that to the table um, from the acting standpoint. And so uh, he basically, he just, you know, my wife is actually directing a show at the Harbor Playhouse. My student should, you know, if you're interested in doing something this summer, go and audition down at the Harbor Playhouse. And I think it was the second thing that I had auditioned for at the Harbor Playhouse. Um, I, I had also auditioned for the Rocky Horror Show. Oh, wow. And all my friends got into it, and I did not because I was not a singer or dancer or actor. <laughs> oh, damn it. And I, like, <laughs> just showed up. To do the auditions, and we had to sing in front. It was a, a cold, you know, cold audition, singing in front of everybody at the call, oh my God. which isn't always the way it goes, but is a lot of times the way it goes at Harbor. Oh and I was God. like, I'm not in front of everyone. In front of, it, in front no. of the room. Go for it. Go for it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Show us what you got. And it was, it was not, did not get a part there. And it was, I had lots of fun. But uh, so uh, that was like the second time that I'd ever even been in the building. And it was for a Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, wow. She was directing a Midsummer Night's Dream. And Heidi is such a, she's a massive Shakespeare fan. She's a massive literature nerd, you know, and theater nerd in general. And so it was perfect for her in terms of the content. I actually was most excited about, like, I remember I, I auditioned decently for like Nick Bottom and that was the conversation we were having was like no I liked your Nick Bottom and stuff like that (laughs) so anyway (laughs) shockingly it did not wind up as Nick Bottom that went to a very talented actress named Lori Bryant um I I want to know Lori I work with Lori Lori oh do you really work with Lori Lori is well not directly but we're in the same department Lori sold me my truck Lori's like another one of my like yeah yeah, she's awesome yep like mentor kind of people very cool she's incredible she, uh, I wound up as her stage manager because I had stage managed for Delmar and things like that. Heidi was like, well, you're one of my husband's students. Uh, you can be my stage manager. And another friend of mine wound up as her assistant director. And friend had like some health problems that came up and she wound up having to drop out of the play. And I wound up as the assistant director and the stage manager. Wow. And that's how I got to know Heidi. And literally it wound up, you know, having, um, having a, rehearsals individual rehearsals with the the, a midsummer night's dream is a very varied cast it has 
groups of people as opposed to just like a you know this is the lead and mm-hmm. it's a you know got the lovers and the kings and the uh, the mechanicals which are the like poor people that are associated that are having the that yeah. are, uh, doing the play that are actors in a play anyway uh, all the fairies and so the way she yes. did this as Heidi so was exactly she uh, she rehearsed all those groups separately they all got rehearsed completely separately they got a completely separate experience wow. and environment for each of their rehearsals and then we brought them together and you were there for probably yeah. all of it and so it was having <laughs> rehearsals with our fairies at um executive surf club and stuff like that like those were my those are my first r- r- uh, memories fun. with Heidi were some really cool things that we did just because we were having to you know, we were really reaching pretty far to do all of this for midsummer and whenever I became the assistant director she she made me she got me to uh, direct the fairies and so I did a bunch of the work with the fairies and so it just became one of those things where our relationship just kind of grew a lot over just that show that we did and since then basically um we we like get involved in like anything that we can do together yeah yes. that was where it started and so since then I, I call Heidi my uh like a creative partner sometimes I'll call her a producing partner or something like that because mm. yeah anything that she um needs to do or had you know had needs a hand for she knows she can generally give me a call and I can help I her out love with. that yeah. whenever you find someone that you can just vibe with like that and collaborate uh I just Anytime you find that, hang on to it. You yes. know what I mean? Like, only good things can come of it. That just sounds incredible. Well, you've been involved with CC7D, too, right? Yes. I mean, actually participating yes. in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've made three CC7D films. Yeah, I've made three. So, But they were they were a while ago. I think the first one was in 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. 2013. So it's been a while since I've made them. Okay. But, yeah, it's uh, actually kick myself like every year where it's like why didn't I make one I I made one with the ABC team this year but yes I was gonna ask about that because yeah. you were involved yeah. yeah yeah what did you do I liked it because I, I like tried to do as much of the wrangling for all the things as I could mm-hmm. and try to prep them on what they were getting themselves into and then just kind of let them have fun with it and so yeah um, my event manager was the director for it and so I got him camera get some people we got the crew we got you know How he was able fun. to yeah really commit to it and so the whole time I'm just telling I'm just trying to give them notes where it's like, remember how this is going to look in editing and try to, you know, make that more succinct. And how are you going to make that concept, make it on screen, you know, things like that, which are just, you know, like I'm just in the back room being like, you guys have fun. <laughs> like, I don't think you know what you're in for, but <laughs> girl, they- I've done it twice. Uh, it, it was like a family affair thing. So it was That's like awesome. my, my, but my husband is the, like the mastermind behind, I, w- I would write the script, but my husband shot, edited, directed, like everything. Everything, like <laughs> yeah. all the things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun for anybody listening who's never done it. I mean, you get to put together your team. You don't have to be super good at it or anything. I, to no. me, don't necessarily go in it to win it. Go in it to create. Exactly. And people, yeah. people have made them, made them with iPhones and they've turned mm-hmm. out really, really well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, I've, I've helped with, um, one other that I helped with, um, I can't remember the name of it, but I helped my friend Boomer make one like okay. a few years ago. And it was the same thing where it's like we're editing until three in the morning kind of thing. And yes. that's, it's just it just is like a fun experience with you and your friends. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a seven minute film, so you don't think a lot goes into it, but you have to do everything yeah. in a week, in including a week. writing everything. And it'll just be the little things that trip you up. Like we were, you know, yeah, that was I didn't I, I seriously thought that I had to almost put all of the all of the uh, stress on them because I just kind of set it up for them this time. But no, 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 I was sweating bullets and we were getting it rendered and turned in and on the flash drive with like five minutes to spare. Putting <laughs> oh Heidi's my like, God. Heidi like texting me like, are you going to not make it? Like oh, I'm on shit. my way. Oh, and that's the other thing. You better be there on time. You cannot be like a second late. hundred percent. Yeah. I, but I, uh, that's part of the fun, I think. Uh, so, you know, you're in this like transitional period, right? Where you're not really sure like what you're wanting to do. So how did you end up here at the American Bank Center? So here at the American Bank Center, this has been one of the best transitions that I've made because basically I was in that period where I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do for a little while. I wound up working for the art museum over there as a, um, as an instructor for their art. They have a, they have a drama program How in cool. second grade yeah, with the second grade of CCISD. And I was actually a dance instructor for them. Wow. There was somebody else who was the theater teacher and I was the dance instructor. Wow. And so, yeah, um, uh, I, it was on a contract and I did that for them for a year and had lots of fun. And that was the same year that I was, um, 
uh, working for the Aurora, Aurora Arts, and so I would just contract go and do all the lighting for their How shows. How cool is that, um, man? Had lots of fun, and yes. it was like trying to find, yeah, trying to find a work home here in Corpus, and I wound up actually at the Ortiz Center next door, mm-hmm. at the Solomon P. Ortiz Center, mm-hmm. and that was my first time that I ever did anything in what I now call corporate AV or corporate technical work. Yes. And so, yeah, that was the first time that I was dealing with meetings and the uh, uh, the port uh, the, uh, that is owned by the port of yeah. Corpus Christi. And so all of its business dealings generally have to deal with port business. And so, yeah, it was t- to the nines in terms of serious all the time. And it was a completely different, different environment. Yes. I was dealing with weddings and conferences right. and CEOs and miking. And so I was uh, also that, that it's like, um, on the list of all of my disciplines in terms of like lighting and set design, stage management, directing people, sound was actually probably last on that list. I would happily give sound away mm-hmm. in all my other projects. And I imagine and you can't be too uh, creative in that regard, right? Everything's very systematic. Cut and dry, yeah. very much. Everything needs to look pristine and clean mm-hmm. and there can't written sound pristine and clean. And there isn't really a whole lot of, of work, of uh, room in for, for error there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was one of the first t- things that I did where um, sound was my main thing. And I was dealing with brand new toys, brand new kind of, uh, they, they had just gotten a brand new system at the Ortiz Center. So they have a really nice system in terms of projection and video work. And so uh, pr- just their, how it's set up for meetings, basically. It's a very basic thing. It's just nice whenever everything works in a really smart way yes um and so yeah it was one of the first times that i was dealing with video work and things like that and when there came an opportunity over here i had a full-time job over there it was only part-time over here and i took it as soon as i could because this was the biggest house in town and it was doing the same work Mm -hmm. whenever i basically spoke to you know my my former manager at the time um, yeah, it was doing the exact same work, but it included all of the work that I had been doing in my theatrical life. And so it was, this space is definitely offer something that nowhere else in Corpus could offer in terms of, uh, what, what I get to do on a daily basis for what's asked of me technically, because it's an arena, because it's a convention center and it's a, uh, proscenium performing art space it has different needs every single day yes and so it definitely brings out every part of every part of my training and so just because it was such a such a diverse space um yeah i immediately gravitated towards it and there also is a director here he's the guy who is the director of event services this is a guy named daryl meadows and i met him working for Heidi because I would regularly work for the CVB when Heidi was working for the CVB for um, things like Fiesta de la Flor Mm -hmm. or things like that. And I would be a gopher for them, really. I would help them at their offices and help them set up the sites before the, the festival started and stuff like that. And so probably like four or five years in a row I worked for them doing wow. that and Daryl Dar- just got to know me doing those things because he was on site and he would it was literally like pointing to you know be like hey we, we need to know each other kind of thing mm-hmm. and so um, when the idea was coming over here to work for a guy like Daryl Meadows that was like half of half of all it took for me um, to need to come over here there's another guy who runs um, a bunch of the technical things here and has run a bunch of the technical things in the Selene Auditorium since the 70s. He's a guy named by, by the name of Danny Vaughn. Wow. Yeah, he's a really old theater head in ter- just in terms of, no no offense to Danny in any way, um, in the best way possible. He literally knows so much about uh, this space and how it runs and how it functions and it's still his company that will be you know brought in to do rigging and things like that for you know he has a company now of stagehands and so um, basically I was working here part-time and yeah. I would work for the house and then my other part-time job was to work for Danny Vaughn and his and Terry's staging company and I would help either set the mics in the arena or I would help put the stage up in the arena for like one side of the company or the other and um it was it was really good for you know if I did that for for them for a good year or so um before corona stopped everything and so that was really what changed things around here you know just like everywhere just Mm -hmm. out of necessity but yeah that's kind of the way that I was kind of playing it and it was mainly for those reasonings because again this space and kind of the the things that were being asked of me here are really actually use every bit of the stuff that I love to do and want to do (laughs) I mean this just looks so cool so we are literally sitting what do you call this a booth yeah, yeah, I call this the tech booth. This is the sound booth in the uh, 
American Bank Center Arena. We are in section 106. And so we're what would actually be 206. We're on the second floor. Mm -hmm. And so we're at the same eye level as like the the fun uh, sweet boxes and things like that. The fancy seats that you can buy <laughs> and uh, so cool. pay for for yourself. And yes. I have a whole a whole section is just kind of my desk. Mm. And so, <laughs> yeah, all the people that sit in front of me that have this much space and I have that much space for me and my mixer. So, yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, ultimately, like when you're working shows, I mean, you're right here. Like there are there are performances going on right there. This I just ran the house lighting for. Um, Actually, this past Friday was this past Saturday was pretty crazy because I actually wound up running sound for Eliza Schlesinger mm -hmm. um, instead of just running house lights for Mercy Me. That's what I was supposed to be doing was yes. just house lights for Mercy Me, but um, I wound up going over there and running sound for her. Uh, she just had some specific cues that were with specific songs and things like that, yeah. and so we ran sound for her and then came over here and did exactly this where we're on a blackout. <laughs> She's doing and it right now. And lights up so that everybody can leave the arena mm -hmm. and safely get back outside. Yeah. yeah. And that's about as much as I turn it up for those. And then I have, <laughs> yeah, all of these different looks. Uh, this is awesome. <laughs> have all... Um, yeah, getting to use these things and uh, yeah. See, program. I don't know if I just assumed. I think actually, I'm sure I did just assume that this was just like an automated thing. But yep. there's somebody over here doing yep. it. So I program oh. these with an awesome. Yeah, this and this. You know, every every space you go into has different kinds of tools. So it's not the exact same lighting that you get to use uh, in one space as it is in the other. This is my Islanders look. It's red and blue. That's, yes. Uh, or, I mean, a green and blue that's dancing across the arena right now. It's really um, cool. So I designed them on my on my laptop, and I put them in this controller, and so then I just have what's in the controller, but I can do some pretty cool things. Um, that is badass. And so, yeah, yeah, it just becomes uh, the tools that you get to play with, and they get more and more impressive whenever it's, yeah, um graduations and it's a kid who's down there singing the star spangled anthem you mm -hmm. know and they get to sound incredible and mm -hmm. i can make them sound like and fill the arena with the sound and i can remember what it was like sitting down there and graduating from high school in this yep. space yep. that it's 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 all connected and mm -hmm. it's all important um last week we were able to do <laughs> los donas de la corte which oh, is wow. the coronation yes. 20 2021 um i think their their hashtag was hashtag coronation cc cc coronation 2021 okay. and so yeah just that was a very uh had a cousin who was a part of the coronation and was a duchess it's a very big deal it in people's deal lives here. and yes, yes it, being a part of those traditions um it's it's involved with buck days and buck days is another one of our yearly clients where it's like one of those things where every year buck days is gonna happen in here yes. we're gonna have this rodeo takeover and uh i, I forgot about the rodeo that is all of the month of May for me is is all rodeo. This whole place got taken over by some cowboys who were <laughs> tilling this land and it was theirs and they knew what to do with it and I stayed out of their way. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very interesting thing. I hadn't worked the rodeo with them because Corona had taken it down right, right before. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, uh, I worked the rodeo kind of on my own this last time and it worked out pretty okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I, no doubt you are completely capable. You have done some cool-ass shit. And not least of which involves the Ruthless Villains podcast playlist. <laughs> yes. Okay, I have to do, I have to testify. This playlist, I'm not exaggerating, has changed my life. Oh my God. Seriously, because I can get in musical rut easily. Yes. Like I like what I like and yes. I just listen to it, right? And I, even with artists I like, I will, I will hesitate to listen to their new shit. Like I'm just, whatever. Okay, this playlist, you, and I mean, it's been, it's a collaboration between you and Lewis and Jaime. There have been so many tracks on that playlist that I'm like, this, this, this. I mean, so I've, I've made my own playlist and I'll be like pulling from your playlist. Yes. It's, yes. I mean, so how did this come to be? Because to me, it's one of the greatest collaborations ever. Anybody who doesn't listen to this playlist, like, what are you doing? Oh, my God. I love you for that. No, I love hearing that so much from yes. you just because, yeah, you and I have had some cool conversations yes. based out of this. I love where this has this has taken me. This has gone mm. in any way, shape, or form. So to talk about this, I'm going to, again, talk a little bit about Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> because yes. all things in my life involve Heidi. Um, all coming back to you, ma'am. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she, she 
was very excited about her Frontera festival that mm-hmm. she was working on with, with that with that with the at the time I hate that it didn't get to have lives afterwards yes. although the piece that she wrote for it Hector will have a live afterwards yes. and so Hector is a hip hop musical that's based on the life of Hector P Garcia um cool as hell who, exactly a uh, Corpus Christi based um civil rights leader who was so important and if you live in Corpus Christi you know Hector Park P. Garcia's name, mm-hmm. but so few of us are genuinely connected to his story yeah. or his footprint that he left and the, wh- the how far he reached. And so I got to do a very, very, very cool project with Heidi where I got to assistant direct again and assist and stage manage her project for Hector. She got, uh, she was able to bring her, her son is a, is a hip hop artist and that clued her in big time, really CC Fridays, all yep. those things clued her in big time to the hip hop community, which is very prevalent in Corpus Christi and mm-hmm. is so alive and so cool. And she was, is, you know, an authentic artist and saw it as inspiration kind of thing. And she saw it as a jumping off point for this story you know, she had wanted to do Hector's story in for a long time and putting it in that context was new for her. And so when she saw her son and Lewis and people like Kinder who uh, performing their art, she really, I was so happy and proud of her to tap them to do yes, that. And yes. so she basically was able to secure uh, her, her son and um, Lewis as a writer and then... Kinder was able to do a bunch of the beats kind of for it. He did did a bunch of the backtracks for it. And uh, yeah, that turned into a whole musical. Anyway, um, that was that was a really incredible piece to be a part of, and it was really cool. So basically, that was how I met Lewis. And that and really, really to talk about Hector at all is because I even I didn't I didn't really listen to hip hop before I was doing Hector. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like I listened to hip hop, and I was a hu- I was a huge fan of. Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. like I was a huge fan of Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. and I was a pretty big fan of what I knew of as older rap as yeah. like 90s hip hop and things like that yeah but that was kind of it and mm-hmm. it was kind of a very superficial I've I've got a yeah that was yeah. a bunch of my conversations with Lewis that mm-hmm. happened during coronavirus like just on Instagram and things like that yeah being friends making friends with somebody remotely um was because it was like dude I just didn't app- I didn't have the right appreciation for hip hop that I, I do that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah, and I—I I mean, I—I—I uh, I graduated in a Nirvana shirt. I've been a huge music fan my entire life. I've always, you know, me and my dad, what what song is this on the radio? And him quizzing me and things like that whenever I was a little kid. Was, I love that. Yeah, always a big deal. And so. Um, Music has always been a huge. He he raised me on Pink Floyd and the Beatles and Led yes. Zeppelin and um yeah really good ACDC good mm-hmm. stuff but like rock and it did not have the right appreciation and it did not have the right tone of appreciation for hip hop mm-hmm. ever as in what in and what it does in lyricism and what it does in storytelling and what it does in music and what it does in culture. Yes, None of it. Yes. And well said. It's sad to think that it took my me growing up and I was I was a huge fan of Kendrick Lamar and it was weirdly like it Kendrick Lamar re- weirdly clicked with me mm-hmm. and I <laughs> had almost the whole his whole catalog. I had records already and I was just buying Kendrick records and so yeah. it was one of those things where those were the only ones that I that I had um, and would just listen to Pimp a Butterfly for two days and things like so that. good. I'm a good kid, Bad City fan. It's I mean, all, all of it. It's or uh, Section 80. Section 80. I love Section oh, yeah. 80. Oh, yeah. can just do Section 80 for days. Yes. That is yes. it. That is it. Yes. Um, huge, huge fan. And so, but didn't apply that as widely as I should have. Mm-hmm. And Hector changed the way that I was looking at the art form. Hector changed. I mean, now I see it's, it's yeah, it's like a conversation I got into with Lewis that's like, it's ridiculous. Hip hop is the, is the most ardent modern form of Shakespeare that exists. Hip hop is in all ways a more creative and natural and, um, where it's just, you know, you want to say culturally based, but it's just realistic mm-hmm. version of music mm-hmm. and art that's mm-hmm. out in the world. If you want to hear what youth and the world looks like in 2021, it's based in hip hop. It Ooh, just is the way it is. That's good. And it's kind of one of those things where for years I considered myself, you know, I, I liked rock and I would let my boyfriends, you know, I'd let somebody else find all my music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it would be almost a chore to like listen for 
for new music or like listen to my favorite artists and yep. dig into their new stuff. Yes. It's, it's like I'm it embarrassed, was, yeah, but it's true. But it's totally true. And so when I started kind of delving into hip hop, it kind of I did it the same way that I did rock a really long time ago whenever I was young. I went from like the oldest stuff I could find first and tried to build up from there. And I had so much fun with music again. <laughs> like it was like boom. Like I was I was interested in everything that and I became like a music nerd again and Girl. was like yeah it was like, like where do you hear some of this stuff i'm like what there's a song i'm sorry to interrupt but no. i'm like so passionate about y'all's playlist you did ah i don't even i can't think of the name of the band it's like somebody's echo chamber and it's um uh quan va tu it's like a french yes. song and i'm yes. like i fucking love this yes song. <laughs> that wow. song is amazing yes. yeah it's so good yeah, you wind up finding artists like they're from Portugal that are do that that are incredible rap artists. That, yep. Yeah, and it's everything is in everything is in this beautiful French and everything mm -hmm. that's happening. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's he's who everybody knows in Portugal. You yep. know, he's yep. the most prevalent artist in Portugal, and it is those things where. Uh, giving giving more credit to what the art form was doing what these people were saying like any any yeah. part of it was one of those things where it was like a mind-blowing moment of like just white realism for me when it was like jesus christ <laughs> kid like oh my god i can't believe that that's that is that's the way i've been living that's the way i've been looking at these things and you have to shake those kinds of things off those prejudices even yes. of what it is that you're listening to and spending yep. your time doing even yep. as an artist i wanted to think of myself as some big bad musical artist in any way and it's like I, are you kidding me? I'm not like listening to most the most important stuff that's happening out of my generation. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah, it changed the way that I spent all my time listening to music because I just, you, you know, I'd get bored listening to the stuff that I used to. And Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's to me, this project where, you know, you're you're collaborating on this playlist. Has, I look forward to it every Wednesday, I think, is when it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just fantastic. Like I said, I can't stress this enough. If you're looking for new music and all kinds of music, check out this playlist. It's on Spotify for sure. Yeah. Um, I think he puts in other places, but usually we, we I, yeah. I, yeah, I know to point people to Spotify. Yeah, mm. it's really, really good. Uh, Courtney, I think you are freaking amazing. Cool as hell. So passionate. Excellent at your job. I mean, just you know what you're doing. I am so lucky to have spent time with you here at the American Bank Center. Thank you so much for, for being on and, and I just can't wait to keep seeing you thrive. Well thank you I appreciate it a lot. I feel like I spent some of that time rambling but I feel like that's also part of what yeah this, is the, this whole process is a little bit about the ramble. Yes. So yeah I'm glad you guys could hear a little bit about it and those are uh, we're, we're hoping to do bigger and better things all the time at the American Bank Center. We're um, helming all kinds of different things that I, I actually get to be a part of and things like that that I can say that it's like yeah no no, I came up with those ideas and that's what we're doing and they're being executed and that's it and so if if uh yeah keep keep an, an eye out corpus because it's like we're always trying to get you involved and for all of downtown trying to you know reach out to you and do things with you so yes. yeah for that's for that's just for everybody <laughs> thank you so much thank you <laughs>